0: Welcome, Brian. Great to have you and just I'm excited to chat with you about your recent placement with Tumbles, your experience with that franchisor, your client's experience, and that's kind of where I want to just start the conversation is maybe just a little bit of background on how you started working with Sophia, where she came from, and then, yeah, as you were working with Tumbles, what your, your experience was and Sophia's as well.
1: So thank you. Happy to be here, and appreciate your time today, and allowing me this opportunity. So Sophie and I uh, were brought together by the CEC in September. So it's not typically a, a client that I would have sourced on my own, but I immediately looked at her background and I said we have a connection. So we went to the same university, Cornell, but she went a little, little further than I did, which uh, she had her MBA from the Johnson School, and she was working in Manhattan for the Cornell University Medical Center. So I said, wow, we have one thing in common but really not a whole lot of other things in common. So I prepared myself for what could be a very interesting call and it was just that. Super high energy, highly engaged, highly motivated, and she said, I have a personal goal. I wanna get out of what I'm doing today and I would like to open a business or start a business by the end of the year. Now, it's the middle of September. I said, well, that could be quick. She said, is it possible? I said, it is possible, but what I'd like you to do is go through the journey with me. It's a journey of discovery. You'll learn about everything that's out there and let's just let nature take its course. Let this be an organic experience. As we set up the calls and we went through all of the different compartments and wow, she was just incredible. So she was punctual, she was decisive, and she was highly engaged. I made presentation on three possibilities, but at the very high level, Tumbles, because Tumbles was not yet registered in New York. But just a very brief introduction, she said, I'd be very interested in learning more. As well, they can't talk to you now as long as you're living in New York, but we can at least make, you know, a, an overview. And she did her own research. In the meantime, she took off with another with another franchisor, and she continued that conversation and was advancing there. It turns out that she actually made the investment in that second franchise, so she continued that journey all the way through. But then in December, Tumbles became registered in New York, and the floodgates opened. So it was like a rapid series of meetings. Uh, What was great is that the co-founder and owner of the company was involved in the calls. um, And what she expressed to me that was no pressure, no salesmanship at all, it was more just an education on the model. So Tumbles, for those that don't know, is all about combining the STEAM method of education with gymnastics in a small gym setting. So children go there both individually and for parties and they get to actually learn while they're engaging in fun exercises. So that's a hot topic now with the, what's happening in the in the schools these days. you know, This was also during COVID when kids in New York were not able to go into the classroom. Many parents are looking to make that investment outside of their normal private or public school for kids to have a different type of interaction. And Tumble's managed to work through that as an organization. Their gym stayed open using all the you know local requirements and abiding by them. So I personally looked at it as a fantastic model. She with their healthcare background I thought would be a good match. But then also what I didn't know is that her son was actually using also STEM learning. So she had a son that would be somewhere between eight and 12 years old, I don't remember how old exactly. He was actually using that same type of learning. So she was familiar with the model and immediately fell in love with it. And she was surprised by that. She said, you know, I never would have thought this, but as I've learned more and more, I'm very intrigued by this. We went through the entire process and she ended up making the investment just in February. The journey was one that was lovely. Uh, She was a pleasure to work with and same side, same feedback from the franchisor, decisive, great, prepared with great questions, a great listener. And I would say it was almost an ideal experience from my standpoint.
0: I love that. And the part that I always enjoy he- hearing about with these stories is, first of all, your clients come from such a wide variety of backgrounds. And then second, you present the model thinking, okay, there's some similarities here. There's some good like red threads, That run through kind of Sophia's background and what she's involved in and then also this model but it's always for the most part I was like majority of the time it's not something that the client ever would have thought of which is always why I think it's just so I love that part always
1: I agree and Tumbles is also first mover so there are you can go and go to places where they're offering stem training stem education or you can go to a gym, but they were the first out there in the U.S. to combine them in one interactive environment, which I thought was great to be first movers. Oftentimes, the best place to be because you can ride it as, as it goes up, and right now there's no competition.
0: Yeah, no, that that's huge, and people don't think about you know you don't like wake up in the morning and be like you know I would love to combine a STEM and a gym for exactly. kids. Maybe you think that, and then you're like mm, I can't exactly. do that. <laughs> so. That's really good. Were there any, as you were working with Sophia, like it seems like it went quickly, she was engaged, but were there any challenges or anything that came up outside of that registration piece of it, even with regards to tumbles or not, that you worked with Sophia through? Whether it's fears or just things that came up as questions or things that you had to kind of tackle?
1: Sophia was so highly engaged and, and wanted to move so quickly I was actually tapping the brakes. Yeah, and I wanted to make sure that she was doing all of the necessary uh, homework, spending time with the franchise or learning about the model, making sure that it was something for her versus just I'm tired of what I'm doing, I want to open a business by the end of the year or at least make the investment and I think that actually gave credibility to the journey. Versus, hey, how fast can we move you through Was the opposite. So the more she learned, the more she became engaged and the more interested. Um, And I think ultimately that was a a big part of the success was, I know you want to move fast. Let's slow down just a little bit here. But during this time, keep in mind, she was also having the same conversations with a completely different franchisor in a different industry but it turns out that it was a complementary industry. So it also had some type of a healthcare aspect to it from the standpoint of in-home senior care. Different model, same time, she was able to go through the process with uh, the journey with both companies simultaneously. And that's why also I said, okay, let's make sure you have ample time to do the research and have the conversations that need to have. Right. And
0: like at the end of the day, like you're, it's gonna be fine. There's no need to like rush into a decision here. and so with that other brand did she also want to move forward with that one or was there did she really just resonate with tumbles more
1: i would say they're equal uh, but, yeah. but different equal in terms of her passion and interest but different in terms of the models and and both excited her the other franchisor uh, actually was pushing to get to have her signed by the end of the year. Uh, my client was not able to, for personal reasons, not anything other than, you know, I just, I need a few weeks and this is at the height of COVID, you know, COVID resurged in, in Manhattan. And she's like, I'm a little busy right now. So uh, trust me, I will we'll be okay. But on that end, they were, they were a little bit, you know, trying to move a little quicker than I appreciated. And in both cases, we just said, no, it's not, let's let nature take its course and uh, it will turn out, as you said, okay.
0: And I think also that goes back to just Um, Again, I know there was like a hold on Tumbles and it kind of opened up at just the right moment so then she was able to really go through all of that. But I do think it goes back to the whole collaboration piece and the franchisor working with you as the coach and also working with the client on their timeline because a lot of times I do see it where the the franchisor, especially, you know, you get to the end of the year and you're like, okay, we're very close. If we can just get this over like the finish line and make it through, then, you know, you're you're starting to look at like quotas and, and things like on that side. Whereas we know when there's that collaboration and the franchisor talks to you and says, hey, this is what we're thinking. And you're like, you know what? No, she really can't right now. And then the franchisor is okay to say, that's fine, let's hold off. That could have also, you know, impacted the other side of the story. But I think really where Tumbles, and you can speak to this as well, just in how they like meet the client. And I did have a conversation with them too, where they're like, we just like moved over to WhatsApp um, instead of like a traditional call. And I think that's great. Um, But yeah, I kind of want to get your take on just that in general.
1: Tumbles was fantastic from day one. So take the model, Set that aside. Just their interaction with myself and with my client both, I would say was about perfect. So they were there. They had both regularly scheduled calls or interactions via WhatsApp or text. Then that didn't really start until December when New York was registered. So that's when it became frequent and, and steady. At the same time, you know, I was also behind on every call. So I'd speak with them, speak with my client, make sure that everyone's on the same page but also both were aware that I was having conversations. So I wasn't trying to do anything behind the scenes. I wanted to make sure that Tumbles was satisfied with the information and the time that they were getting and that that my client was as well that she was getting the information uh, on a timely basis, meetings were being held, et cetera. So I was trying to manage both sides simultaneous. So that actually would, I would say, was a big part of the success. People showed up when they were supposed to. Things happened when they were supposed to. Doesn't always happen.
0: (laughs) No, it is not always the perfect world, but, and I know that they also really appreciated your part in it, and that's why I think is so, that like the coach, so valuable is, you know, being able to speaking with the franchisor, speaking with the client and kind of like making all the pieces come together as long as all parties are, are willing to. But it's like vastly valuable and I, I know that's a huge differentiator of the entrepreneur source and like you guys as our coaches is your ability to do that.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. So it felt good in the end. Um, we had a big celebration. In fact, a funny story. So we had two triggers in a week and the second was Tumbles. The day of, they they had an emergency, we need you on a call now, and I'm on with another client. I said, guys, don't, and they hit me up with a kind of a, a Zoom meeting invite that just took over my screen. I said, guys, can I wait 10 minutes? No, I can't wait, it right away. So when I was finished with my client call, I called up and they said, what happened with the, with the client? And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, she's not doing it. I said, what, like, how is this possible? And they're serious and they're they're like, well, I don't know. You know, she's, she's backed out and everything. And then both of them, the owner actually just couldn't restrain it. He just started cracking up and he said, I ah, got gotcha. She was awesome. You know, everything is great. We signed today. And they about gave me a heart attack because I felt like I'd missed something. Not because I was worried about the new result. I said, how could I have missed something? How did I not see this was going to happen, right? So it wasn't anything about, you know, possibly losing that client. It was about me and my, experience. how could I have not seen this coming? That was kind of fun.
0: <laughs> I love, and knowing the owners, I can just see them like loving oh, yeah. doing that and seeing your face. So anyways, no, we love them. Um, and just like, what a great moment. So kind of taking a step Back out of just this particular placement and experience, when you look at the past, let's say, few months or a year, like what have been some aha moments for you? And again, it could be regarding this placement in particular, this experience in particular, or just in general.
1: For one, I don't use Zoom and I don't do that and I ask my clients, but for me, it really helps me listen. And it's listening to everything the client says and how they say it throughout the journey that helps you navigate better. And the same thing on the franchisor side. You know, I'm, I know that it's not for everyone to just have a simple phone call. My clients seem to appreciate it because they're oftentimes on Zoom calls all day. But it's really listening. And, and by listening, it doesn't mean you just hear. You have to listen. And you can hear objections even in the fluctuations of the conversation. The, their voice, how you end a call oftentimes, you listen to that and, and the way that you say goodbye, we're going to have next call or perhaps there's some risk to that next call. And that's a big part of it is really listening and listening to their needs you know it's about possibilities but also there's a certain element as you met i think i think you said the red thread that goes through um, finding something that is a common bond to that client it's not like hey i love pets and you just pitch and and present pets but there could be an element of pet care or something that utilizes animals in some way shape or form that's not necessarily directly the pet industry, and that's what you're looking for, is that something that would spark their interest. At the same time, you could also be surprised, you know, you could find something that I, they want to do something completely different. Where I've been most successful is where I find that one thread that would connect that possibility to the client, and then follow that thread through.
0: I love that. I think I was talking about it with someone the other day, but when it comes to, and I was talking more about it like on the franchise development side. but like finding the red thread to your point, it's not just that superficial, like, I love food. Great, let's show you all the food possibilities. Or, you know, I love like sports, so let's just show you only that. It's like going deeper and looking at the individual as a whole and like what really gets them excited. And I've talked to other coaches too, where they're, it's so much more like community and um, being able to like do something bigger that they couldn't before.
1: Yes, agreed.
0: I like that part of it. And then here's my little my closing question is when you look at the next six months and you look at the clients that you're working with or what you have going on, what is exciting to you? when you look ahead a little
1: bit. I'm the coach who focuses on quality versus quantity. And the clients that show up, they get 100% of me all the time, no matter what that is. And I have a pretty good feel now for those that are are invested in the journey, invested in me. They get all of my time and energy. And I've had some that I've utilized that same approach that left the journey before the end of the year. They've since come back. One is now going towards the same model that we had spoken about that he came very close. The second is looking at something that's a much higher investment level, but he had the opportunity to reflect upon the time together and he's now drawing territory maps with yet another franchisor. But if you invest the quality and not just try to check all the boxes and move them through the finish line, I think you'll get a, a, a much better return with that. I know their families, I, I know their motivators. I had a client uh, last week tell me about her, her son's anxiety and, and her own anxiety having to clean the attic out of all the toys that her children had accumulated over the years and it was about a 20 minute, 30 minute of her just dumping on me. And then she said, I feel like you're my you know, my, my therapist. And I said, well, I can be, if, you know, and it made her feel much better. But at the end of that conversation, I also learned much more about her in terms of what she may be willing to do from a possibilities and an investment standpoint that I probably would have not learned had we not spent that time together on the phone. So I budget the appropriate amount of time for my calls. I go over if needed. I'll never go over to another client's call but I spend the time that's necessary to make sure that you're facilitating that deep interaction with the client.
0: And that's why I love what we do. Yeah. I, and I, I've said said I do.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're not the first one to say that where the client has, you, you're, you're expecting to talk about maybe business models or something more along those lines. And then the client's like, I am getting divorced. Or yeah. like, I have these massive issues going on at home. And you have to talk through that first. And it's so interesting that there's really, I don't think, another space out, like, kind of in our industry and with what we're doing, where people have that opportunity. And to your point, listening and investing time.
1: And I think that's what they're looking for is just someone else to listen, who, you know, who they don't know very well. That's helpful. So we're the strangers that they're comfortable with because we have spent time. So it's not about friends or spouses. They know that it's all in confidence when they share with me. Who am I going to tell that knows <laughs> my client Long Island? No one. So. So I think that's also important to them to have that here.
0: Well, I'm excited for you um, because just hearing kind of your, like you're very assured in like this is the approach and this is what works. You know, and it's not like the process, like of course there we have a system and things, but it's really the, like if you take the time to understand the people, then you're gonna get that red thread. Um, that's gonna then help the other
1: side of it. <laughs> I would agree. I'm a football fan, I don't know if you are, but I use football analogies because I think they, they're perfect in the real world. And I, I glance at my KPIs, but not very often. And I use as an anal- analogy, Tom Brady. He does not step onto the field and worry about his completion rate for the year, his yards for the year, his standings, MVP, et cetera. All he worries about is that getting that first down and then the next first down and advancing the ball down the field then that first touchdown, he's not even worried about the end of the game at that point. You know, he's one play at a time, and that's kind of how I take it. So the KPIs are a good measure on occasion. Yes, you're tracking, but I try not to get caught up in that in that that part of the business. It's more, you know, like you can feel it <laughs> if it's working, and I think conversely, you can feel it when it's not. And if you and if it's not, then perhaps you look at the KPIs and you decide where and why. But if it's working, then you you will know it. You, a number is not going to tell you it's working for you.
0: I. Profound, Brian. <laughs> and I, I'm not a football fan, but I, I do get that analogy, and uh, okay. and so that does make sense. Thank you very, very much, just for like spending a little bit of time here, just talking about this. Is there anything else on your mind, or that you kind of want to end with?
1: I would say no. Yeah, you know, I'm actually. I can close with, I'm thrilled to be here. So what you mentioned is I love what I do every day. That's also important. When you sit down and you have conversations like you and I are having right now, without the Zoom, without the video, it's an enjoyable way to spend your day. And you know, at the end of the day, uh, my goal is that regardless of whether a client moves forward or not, that they get value in the conversation. And I mentioned that to someone else actually this week. If your focus is not on that goal line, say from you know presenting the possibility, you're doing the right thing. Everyone should walk away from our time together, feeling satisfied, the time's not wasted. It's been of great value to them. And that's the main mission. Uh, and I've had many of my clients who've gone and taken a different path I stay in touch with. They've provided me with referrals, recommendations, etcetera because of the time that we spent together resulted in clarity and they found another job, let's say in the same industry, clarity in terms of just who they are. Uh, many refer back to the disc as having great value, uh, disc and, yes, and driving forces. So that has been something that's been a great tool and an asset they walked away from. But in some way, I'm always looking to provide value for the client and that makes me feel good about it. Regardless of the end of every day, I always feel like I've done an added value to people's lives.
0: Amen. I am the same. So, well, you provided great value to me today. So thank you for taking uh, 30 minutes of your time here.